0: Welcome to Culture Bytes, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community. So thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bytes. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics. And I'm joined on the show this week by fellow consultant Fiona Hogarth. Hey Fee.
1: Hey Dominic, how are you? I'm very well.
0: Looking for your sage insights. Oh, geez, Friday. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> to the high bar to pass. <laughs> Having a look. I was, I was, uh, you know, scrolling LinkedIn the other day, and an article popped up from the Harvard Business Review, and I thought it might be interesting to chat about. It's the five mistakes new managers make by Dina Denham Smith. And they kind of list out here are five things that you know new new managers in particular should think about and the traps they fall into. So I'd be interested to talk about the five kind of door points, but expand on them with how we see it relating to, to the stuff we do. So they had mistake number one was not realizing you're on a stage. So they say social hierarchy is inherent to organizations regardless of how egalitarian you or your team aspire to be. Your level of seniority at work is always going to impact how you perceive, think and react to others. Your relative position of power will also influence how others perceive you. New managers often fail to recognize this. As a result, you may unintentionally exhibit behaviors that hinder your effectiveness or overlook opportunities to model the positive behaviors you want to foster in your team.
1: Ching ching, guilty. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) tell me more. Yeah, we do forget that everybody's eyes are on you and what you do and what you don't do. And even even if I think, you know, particularly frontline managers, you know, I've been in the technical expertise and then all uh-huh. of a sudden you're promoted and works. And I'm thinking of some, you know, observations in some organizations where I've worked and, yeah, you know, on the stage. Well, mate, when you were part of the team, you'd be, you know, out at the pub with us on Friday night and turning up with a hangover and all that sort of stuff. And now you're not. So there's the flip side of you used to do that, now you're not. Mm. But then there's the other bit of suddenly you're on the stage and the flip side of that might be a bit about, well, here I am and uh, everybody's looking at me and what I do and what I don't do. And, yeah, you used to model that, now you've got to do something different and are you're doing it differently or the same. And Are we seeing the standard? Yeah. Yeah,
0: because people, you know, you could do stuff as a you know part of the team and whatever, I guess, but as the leader you're seeing the standard. You're role modeling the expectation. Correct. And so, I wouldn't
1: do that, and some people do it, but they go, well, actually, that's not what you used to be, so now all of a sudden you're a different person. You're the, a different I reckon,
0: bloke. I reckon that's one of the most challenges when you were a member of the team and you are promoted into the manager position. So, yeah, you used to be part of it, so you're now managing who used to be your peers. Yeah. is one of the more difficult positions to be in, I think, particularly, look, sometimes it was kind of clear that you were earmarked and expected to take on that position and so people kind of get it but particularly where like, others had their eye on it or something that, that's a tricky spot to be in
1: yeah and you know to the point of the article you know in terms of that yeah you are on the stage so what do you do to stamp your authority? Is probably not the right word but stamp your stamp your style i guess what's the sort of leader that i'll manager that i want to be what do i want to look like how do mm. i want to behave what do i want others to see and You know, when you get that promotion or the stuff, is really thinking about, oh, okay. It's good. What is mentally for me? What do I need to do to prepare or behave? not completely differently, but what do I want to set up and being conscious to think about that? What, what
0: do I want to be known for yeah. as a leader? Yeah. Uh, it's a great question to ask, you know, yeah. what do I want to be and are my actions consistent with that I guess yeah. is the follow-on question.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that bit, you know, yeah, you are on the stage and, you know, sometimes some of the work I do with the CEOs and, you know, they set all that tone but they've got to do, everyone's looking at them but who do they look at, you know, and – who's supporting them and all that sort of stuff, you know, who's the mirror for them, which is sometimes why I really enjoy working with the CEOs because right. you can be right. that person. Right. It's a slightly different aside. But everyone's watching what you do and what you don't do and they're easy to criticise. Look, it's a, a high
0: standard. It's mm. tough and that's the price of leadership mm. you know, or the mm. cost of leadership is mm. mm. people are watching you and what you do. And yep. so – because sometimes, as a leader, what you do carries a lot more weight as well. Mm. You know, so if I kind of, you know, Fee comes to me with an idea, and I'm like, "No, that's a stupid idea, Fee." Right? That that, <laughs> that, that never happened. That, that, <laughs> that, that of course not. That <laughs> carries a lot more weight than like people remember it. Like, oh man, like yeah. Dominic just shoots down ideas, and it's yeah. like, if you had done that once before, like it's whatever. Mm. But when you do it as the leader, it carries a lot more yeah. weight than yeah. we realize. And same with, on the flip side, I often talk to leaders, frontline leaders, about recognition. Mm. And that, because often I think people are like, you know, Fee knows she's doing a good job. I don't need to tell her. like She she knows. I reckon you'd be surprised at how far your recognition of someone's everyday good work actually goes. Mm. It's more than you think. And so I challenge particularly frontline leaders, like, recognize it. Now, don't inflate the currency. Don't. Yeah. Well done for tying your shoelaces this morning. Yeah. So it's got to be genuine, but actually saying it rather than "No, nah, they know."
1: Yeah. Well, I, actually, as you say that, it takes me back to when I in my first job, which yeah, right. was when I was a teenager, and I worked for Greeks in the local fish and chip shop because uh-huh. you know. But I remember when it was a lifelong lesson that I reflect on now. Was the end of my shift on a Sunday? You know, so I'm earning my dollar twenty an hour. The owner at the end of the shift, you go, "Thanks very much. Appreciate what you did." Every shift, huh? And at the time, I just went, "What are you thanking me for? I'm getting paid, right? Don't need to thank me." Yeah, like I didn't actually say that, but that was my, you know, young self seeing it that way. And then, yeah, but now, like when I look in terms of leadership and ownership, it absolutely he was just acknowledging, "Thank you for what you've done today." Yeah,
0: and it goes further than you think. Yeah, yeah. It's appreciated.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you know, that just, was and that was the message I took away in my older self, you know, I'm a genuine mm. I had to, staff and those sorts of things that I had to manage. It was actually, yeah, new chief. yeah, thanks very much. Great job. Genuine. Yeah. Not just Gen- great exactly, job. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's the thing. It's got to be genuine.
0: So, yeah, your uh, eyeballs are on you. And there's a bit of pressure in that. So we've just got to be aware that, you know, I think consistency as well, like they've got to know who they're getting. Yes. If it's like, I don't know, like, on Monday, fees one way, on Tuesday, it's another. Yeah, yeah. That,
1: that doesn't work. Yeah. So, preparing for that is about, yeah, what sort of leader, what sort of manager do I want to be? How do I want to behave? And that's really then stepping into that self actualizing piece for yourself. You know, and, yeah, exactly. And on that, I think it's, you know, remaining
0: calm, mm. right? Mm. Like if we fly off the handle, if someone gives us bad news, then they're never giving us bad news again, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. All right. Uh, mistake number two choosing hubris over humility. People sometimes mask feelings of insecurity by acting like they have it all figured out, a losing course of action in a new role. You may still be at the same company, but don't underestimate the growth and change this promotion will likely require from you. You may worry that admitting what you don't know will reveal a lack of confidence or expertise. However, pretending to know something that you don't can lead to missed opportunities, missed learning opportunities, inaccurate decision-making, and decreased trust and credibility Mm. if you're caught. Mm. What do you reckon about that
1: one? Yep, guilty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this list, Dom. <laughs> That's why I don't manage I swear anymore. they didn't know you. <laughs> That's why I'm not a manager anymore and as I reflect on that, I think I'm a much better individual contributor than I am Funny. as a manager. Well, in reflection, not that I've managed teams for a while. But absolutely, that bit about, yeah, well, of course I've got to demonstrate that I know everything now and – you know, sometimes be the smartest person in the room. and the ego kicks in. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am, I'm the boss. Got to prove myself. I've got to prove myself and I've proven and I and I wonder, is, you know, once again if I think of frontline because that's often that the more challenging piece, but, you know, I'm not well, even not frontline, but, you know, I've proven myself technically and I've been really good at this and now here I am so they've done that. But I don't actually think about the fact that I've proven myself technically. I've proven myself as a person and so therefore I've just suddenly all go oh, I don't know how to lead or how to manage, but I'll just do it and pretend that I know everything or think that I do, and because I'm the boss, I don't need to ask. I know best. Yeah, and, right? and, and, and also some of that's reinforced forced learned behavior or whatever's yeah. been role modeled for you, I'll point one, or culture. Yeah.
0: Yeah, true. So it might have been what we've seen. But even not, like, I get the pull because you feel that pressure like, oh, man, I've got to step up. And so I feel like, oh, I've got to step up, and therefore I've got to know everything, be across everything. They've put me in charge. Have all the answers. Mm. Well, your team actually don't want that. If you were in the team, you wouldn't want your manager to do that either mm. if you kind of mm. zoom out. Like, yeah, you wouldn't but- want your manager telling you everything to do. And
1: Yeah, but it's also there's a flip side to it in terms of the humility piece. It's about The humility is about going, hey, I don't know that, and how do we do it, yep. versus doing it and doing it poorly. And then they think your team or others might go, bloody useless. What did they give them that job for? Because they don't, you know, they tell us that they're going to do it and then they don't deliver or don't do it. So you create that rod. So it's the balance then of the, actually, yeah, I'm new to this gig too.
0: Especially, yeah, if you're taking over a team where it's maybe not, you know, like in the last example, we talked about being promoted from within the team, but maybe you're taking over a team in a kind of newish area or a new company or a new. Something where it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And and they know that you don't know. So don't pretend that you do. (laughs) (laughs) You know? know. Yeah. Because there's a bit of, you know, if we think circumplex terms, perfectionistic has that. And it's an item that's often questioned in the outside. Competent. Mm. Don't you want to be competent? Sure. But that's the least intense version of this idea of I've got to. Show that I'm always competent and I know everything. Appear and hey, yeah. you know, I always appear competent, always appear competent, right? Like, I've got to know everything all the time. And it's like, maybe you don't. Yeah. And so, trying to mask that, as they say, it may well catch up with you. And that's not a great look mm, if it mm. does. But even shorter, that it's like the team know. The team know you don't know, so don't pretend you do know.
1: Yeah, and then the other side, though, is the hubris, you know, that bit. If it is a team that you don't know and you've got to build all the relationships, so what is coming in and being the expert isn't, and then not being able to deliver and not taking the time to build the relationships isn't going to help, whereas the humility piece is coming in and going, yeah, I don't know you all, I don't know how you operate, let's take some time to get to know each other and work out what's going to work for us all is a – an approach that, you know, and if I was sitting in that tent, oh, wow, that's a bit different, and that's really good because they're not coming in, you know. Well, they might know their stuff, but I don't know you, and that's the humility. I might know my stuff but I don't know that. Got to be humble about getting to know who you all are. Uh-huh. Totally. So that then we can go to this place that I do know about.
0: Yeah, But you know. Again, though, I get it. I get why people do it because yeah. it feels like, oh, like I've got the step up, so I've got to prove, I've got to prove that I'm worthy of it. Yeah. And the best way I know to do that, particularly if I've gone from individual contributor to manager, which is what this is talking yeah. about, I'll do the doing really, really well.
1: Yeah,
0: but that's not your job
1: anymore. It's to do the managing. It's to do yeah, the managing. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's
0: different. Which I think might be one of these other points, actually. Okay,
1: might so, so. jump ahead just yet. Uh-oh.
0: Truck on, it's not this one. So the next one, mistake number three was neglecting to consider all your stakeholders. Mm. So your team manager and cross-functional peers or peers in other departments whom you work with closely are your obvious stakeholders. You need to understand their needs and expectations to do your day-to-day job. But in your new role as a manager, your stakeholders are also going to expand beyond this group. Mm. Most new managers don't consider the new stakeholders like your boss's boss and executive team members who are now invested in your work and that they need to build a relationship with these people. Mm. Yes. If you don't invest in building these relationships, you'll also be less impactful. You need strong alliances across the organization to accomplish work more
1: effectively. Yeah, because you move into different circles, and this is a bit about, if we think about Stephen Covey's stuff, about circle of influence. Uh So who you need to influence changes. Uh Mm-hmm. Because before I was just in that individual, I just had to influence my boss to get what I wanted. Now I've got my boss, and then I've got oh, hang on, I need something from that team over there, and they've got them, and and once again, depending on where you're going, what the shift is, you might be operating in a whole different area of the business. So that's a whole different set of stakeholders.
0: We did a podcast on this relatively recently around affiliate. Mm. I reckon sometimes it's under underrated. In that, it's how important is it to have solid relationships up and down the organization and across for that matter? Because how many problems aren't problems if we've got a relationship? Yeah. How many discussions can we have if we've got a relationship? You know, challenging discussions maybe mm. can we have if we've got a relationship, mm. right? How much easier is it to secure the resources for my team if I've got a really good relationship with mm. you know senior leaders? Mm. So much easier.
1: Yeah, and it's the connectedness of it. You know, I was talking in a workshop recently and someone was there and they had quite high affiliative in their LSO1 and they described me. You know, I said, well, describe what that. She goes, I'm a connector. And her inherent thing was about connecting herself with others and others with others. And I think that's a bit about, yeah, how do you, you don't have to be, you know, it's just about how do I connect? Oh, who's the person over there? Who do I need to see to do that? And, yeah, what are the relationships that I need as my new manager in mm. my new role and they will be different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you've got to think slightly Yeah, broadly. broadly. Yeah.
1: And also and then it's also then it starts to leverage a bit of that. Oh, okay. I need to be taking you out of a bit of the operational thinking to the strategic piece. And it's that incremental bit in terms of well, okay, when I was just part of the inner team and individual contributor, I only had to deliver this. But now I've got to think about that interplay and how that plays into the bigger picture, which starts the formation of some of your strategic thinking skills.
0: In um, a bunch of the frontline leader mm. training we do, here, I know we talk about that shift from player to mm. captain to coach, which to your point is going from the tactical player to the more strategic coach yeah. right? and seeing the connections and wider because your view as the leader, you've got a broader view because yeah. we're not head down in the tactical stuff all the time. Yeah. So we've got a bit of a broader view than our team members and so what can only you do as the leader?
1: Yeah, and you've got to understand – those other perspectives to be able to explain it to people and the best way to understand those perspectives is to go and chat to those people rather than it just being done to you and trying to understand where they're coming from so it helps you explain it. Yeah.
0: Explain it to the team. Yeah. Hey, top management want us to do this and I know it's a bit of a it's extra work for us, but here's why.
1: Yeah. Here's yeah. the
0: long-term strategic yeah. reason we're going to do it. Yeah,
1: and it's not about, I don't agree with him, but we've got to do it anyway. It's about, this is why, and I know this because I've had a conversation with him about it. And if we don't understand why, we need to ask why. Correct.
0: Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Mistake number four, sticking to what you already know how to do. Yeah. It's easy to default to the strengths and habits that got you promoted. But as a manager, your former strengths may hinder your effectiveness. Your job is now to develop other people. Mm. You must learn how to hold them accountable for the tasks you assign and provide them with feedback to help them develop. Most new leaders understand this, but struggle to adjust their behavior. Yeah. Especially when you're busy, it's easy to stay in your comfort zone and take on the work yourself. The problem is that this behavior ends up stunting the growth of everyone and can lead to burnout and poor performance.
1: Mm -hmm. As you're saying that I think I can't remember. I think it's an article by Goffey, you know, what got you here won't get you there. Mm. But yeah, the other thing is you're employed, you know, as the manager, you've been employed to manage, not to sit in your own what you used to do. And sometimes you've got to do a bit of both. But yeah, you're paid to manage the people now, not do the job. And that then, as it says there, builds down the first, well, I'll keep making all the decisions and I'll do them. Well, why am I employing you if you're not gonna let me do all those sorts of things? So yeah, absolutely. Reframing yourself. And it's that balance of yes, how do you reframe the technical skills I need now are some of them are still the same in from a knowledge and technical skill, but there's other technical skills that I need now, which is about how to give feedback more, how to set a direction, how to manage the task, how do I provide the feedback, how to look more broadly. That's the technical expertise that I need to develop not just rely on the doing. And you know. it's
0: hard. Mm. It's hard because, hey, we're really good at doing the doing and that's why we got promoted in this case. Sometimes, yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's why, well, yeah, not always, but that's yeah. often why people get promoted though. Hey, you're the best salesperson we have. You're the best operations person we have. You're the best whatever. So you be in charge of the team now. But it's a totally different skill set. Yeah, And it's absolutely. a totally different requirement. Now, if you've got expertise and skills... The question is really how do you teach others what you know? Yeah. Right. So how do you teach others the skills or the vision you have, like the clarity yeah. of what we're yep. we trying to achieve and why? Yeah. And share that with others. So they think like you, like your job is basically to do yourself out of a job. Right. If I can get the team humming to the point where I'm kind of not needed as the mm. leader because they're so mm. clear about what they're trying to achieve and why and they've got the skills to do mm. it, like awesome.
1: Yeah. But it's that how do you re? You know, as you said, you know, doing the behaviour, behaving differently, you know, and love it when organisations actually choose the people who've got the management skill over the technical skill. You know, why did they get the job? Well, because they're really good at managing people and task care. Yeah, they're not the most technically proficient or expert. But I don't want the technical expert to be the manager. I want the management expert to be the manager, or the one with the leadership skills to do that. Uh. But if you don't, you know, and it's the balance of the two. But yeah, and and that comes back to the the earlier piece about the humility. I well, actually, right. yeah, I don't know how to do this as well, and let me find out. And what do you reckon? What do you need from me? And that will be tough because yeah, I was good at that stuff, and so I'm kind of
0: starting again mm-hmm. to a degree at yeah. least. You know, or like I'm I'm going to take some steps backwards in my competency yeah. in this because it's a new area.
1: Yeah. And that could be hard. Yeah, and then once again, if we put it into our own, you know, if you put your LSI one frame around, you put in that aggressive defensive stuff. Well, I was really good at doing that sales stuff. I don't know how to do the sales manager stuff, so I'll just keep doing the sales stuff and be, you know, and tell everybody what I know, what I'm doing from the manager stuff. If I'm oh. sitting in the in the passive defensive, you know, mindset, it's a bit of the imposter syndrome. How? how why am i here like i don't believe that i'm good enough or worthy enough to be able to do it all the yeah. one
0: i see from from a passive lens is i'm going to kind of save everyone on yes. my team because it it talked here in the passage it said but it's easy to stay in your comfort zone and take on the work yourself the problem is that this behavior ends up stunting the growth of everyone yeah. and can lead to burnout and poor performance so sometimes i think passive leaders I don't want to like ask Fee to do this. I don't want to trouble her. Yeah. I'll just do it myself. So I'm putting it all on me. I'm going to say yes to everything, which is nice in the moment because I'm not going to bother you. Hmm. But actually it's not kind because you're not learning and growing.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? You're, you're Your team's you, not learning and growing team's, either. The, sorry, that's what I mean when I say yeah. you, is the team is not learning and growing. Others are not learning and growing. And so we've actually got to challenge them. We've right. got to give them responsibility. We've got to give them mm. the stuff. You know, it's like I think I've got two young kids. If I did everything for them, that's very nice, but they never learn.
1: Yeah. You'd be doing it for
0: them for the rest of their lives. Right. And they never, you know, become independent mm. and all, all that mm. kind of stuff. So so how do we be kind rather than nice kind is actually challenging people giving them responsibility, giving them ownership and making stuff mm. happen. Yeah. versus doing it for them. And yep. there's a temptation to do that. Yep. I get it. What's the number 5? Number 5. So number 5 is Failing to ask for feedback. (laughs) We may have done a podcast recently on that. Managers have various reasons for not proactively seeking feedback. Some people fear critical feedback or view it as a sign of weakness. Mm. Others have had negative experiences with feedback or are simply unaware of its significance for their performance and growth. However, waiting for feedback when you're in a new role can be perilous. Mm. To succeed, you must understand how your actions and decisions are perceived.
1: Gauge whether they are aligned with expectations and adjust your approach accordingly. Uh, it might seem something sort of counterintuitive. Why wouldn't you know how you're going, want to go from in a new gig? You know, I was just as you were saying that. I'm thinking, you know, sports people or even yourself when you're training for an event or something. You want the feedback, okay? And the feedback might be the time that you swim or that you run, or you know, I'm a swimmer, so how my arm goes in, or what could I do differently on my stroke so that I can get faster, or how you know, I've been really working on my my backstroke starts. What mm. have you noticed? You know, I want to practice this. But when I think about it in a management role, I don't actually ever consciously go in with a view to well, this is what I want to be better at and getting feedback about it around the time. So mm. I wonder whether, as part of that preparation, that's something, okay, which comes back to the earlier bit about what do I want to set up? What sort of leader do I want to be and Getting the feedback around and being comfortable to ask for it as well as being prepared to receive it. So there's a bit about in your own thinking about, yeah, okay, I want to do this. How am I going? And we might. And I'm thinking, turn it into the management component, as you might want to know. Oh, I really want to know how, but I don't really want to ask because what if it's not what they think it's going to be? You
0: know or what is? Yeah. No, so I was just think from a practical point of view, it's kind of easy to build in. Like if we're having a monthly catch yeah. up with our team members, you have a standing item at the end. Hey, what's some feedback for me? Which I think is anyway cool because it's that reciprocal. Yeah influence and feedback so i'm gonna as the manager i'm gonna give you some feedback yeah. you're in my team da, da, da. what about for me yeah you know, so so opening it up both ways same with you're hopefully having a monthly catch up with your manager as well so yeah you know, that's an opportunity to ask for feedback because i'd want to know how you're traveling but- well
1: yeah i think we all do but it's just a bit and it's that you know culture or feedback And in some organisations, you know, like even just having a monthly catch up is doesn't happen. Doesn't happen, or it's all about the task, or you tick that list rather than actually telling you, "Hey, this is what I've noticed, and this is what you could do better or differently," or even asking for help and support. So,
0: yeah, I I always recommend that people, if say you've got a weekly catch up with your team members, ring fence one per month, which is going to be a longer term development performance Hmm. kind of discussion, because. People often say, oh, no, we'll just take it in the weekly meeting. But you never do Mm. because the tactical thing that's just come up and it's urgent will always crowd it out, Mm. in my experience. Mm. So unless you purposefully ring fence, okay, every fourth meeting or once a month, the first Tuesday of the month or whatever that we catch up Mm. is going to be a longer-term thinking kind of discussion. Mm. If you don't do that, you won't do it.
1: Yeah, various strategies, and it's it's getting into the practice of it, and then that's the. The flow on bit in terms of, well, the more I give that feedback, the more I receive it, the more skilled I get at it, the more competent I get at it, so the easier it is. And then, you know, it all ties. And then if I'm doing that with my manager and my team, then they do it with their people and like it just well, flows. The,
0: the other part I recommend for managers, and this is usually connected with LSI, but it actually mm. applies to everything. And it's connected to LSI because people have got some feedback from their team. And like, oh, I want to go like, ask some questions. And I think there's always a danger where it's like, "Why did you score me so high for oppositional?" Mm. <laughs> and people are like, "Me? I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't me. It must have been someone else." Because <gasps> feedback, particularly you know, as the leader, people are hesitant to give the boss mm. feedback. You know, if it's challenging, because you know, ugh, that what puts if? me in a potentially jeopardous, jeopardy, What's
1: difficult, the, difficult.
0: Now nah, let's go difficult with that
1: situation. Jeopardize me.
0: Jeopardized position. There we go. right. It puts me in a bit of a vulnerable position, though, as far as giving you feedback. So I recommend that people ask for feed forward. Yes. So in connection with LSI, it's, hey, I want to grow humanistic encouraging, which is around how do I coach and develop people? What are some ideas for things I could Mm. do? Mm. Because people are happier to give that kind of feed forward rather than, hey, feed you just shoot down ideas, you don't bring us in, da-da-da, like that's, wow, versus, hey, it'd be awesome if you brought us into the conversation earlier, maybe let us run with the plan and, yeah. and brief you rather than tell it. They're giving you feedback if you just listen between the notes, <laughs> yes. right? But But it just flips it. And so I wonder the same thing in this. with If you're a new manager with your team, talk about what are the things you're working on or trying to do yeah. and how could I do it better? Yeah. Because they're more likely, in my opinion, to give you – to give you that kind of yep. information rather than what it, what's not working, what am I doing badly? Mm. I reckon people shy away from that mm. because it's well, I don't want to know that I'm doing stuff badly. No, I might not want to know. Here's the thing with that, because they talked about people might not want to know from bad experience and stuff. They already know.
1: Yeah, well quite they, often. They or
0: I don't mean the manager, I mean your team already yeah, know. Yeah. Whether you ask them or not, they already know.
1: Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, and I often say this, is you know, like, how do I know What's upsetting others or what I'm not doing well, unless somebody tells me, like, because we all have blind spots. That too. And so I need to know and I've got to be prepared to hear that. Yep. And if I look at it that way and go, oh, it's just a blind spot. Yeah. I didn't know that when I do that, that I upset you. So please tell me because my mind reading tablets don't always work. Yeah. Funny that.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. So. Yeah. What? What don't
1: we know? Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So ask for it. Yeah. I don't know what I don't. And in a manager role, you don't know what you don't know when you step in. So yeah, help me find out. And that's
0: probably something to be aware of. If you went from you know part of the team to the manager of the team, is you might not be in those conversations anymore. Yeah. Everyone's like, get a load of Dominic. He's you know, because <laughs> you know we always used to sit around and do that. Well, you're not in that conversation anymore, so you don't know.
1: Yeah. So ask. Yeah. Right. Some useful tips in there, and just yeah, that real opportunity to just reflect on your own self. And if you're doing all of those, you know, how do you minimize your defensives and be more constructive? Or, you know, look at the impact that you have through role modeling and giving feedback. And, you know, what I do actually influences how other people operate.
0: And I reckon, like to summarize, the start of it was what do you want to be known for? How do you want to show up? What's the kind of leader you want to be? And I think if you can get quite clear on that and don't overcomplicate it what are five things or four things or whatever that you want to be famous for if you like I think just having that kind of you know lighthouse to aim for just then clarifies everything else you do okay so I want to be the kind of leader who empowers my team I want to be the kind of leader who um, sets a clear direction sets a clear direction has there's no fun. one for developing people yeah,
1: has some fun great and place has some fun yeah. you know if it's just those four things
0: awesome okay how do we do mm. that you know mm. and so just having a bit of a game plan already puts you miles ahead of others who just come in and hope for the best yeah
1: there we go
0: Peace. awesome thanks V I hope that's useful out there for anyone who is or has stepped into a new manager position thanks Dom great to chat